Hello, beautiful woman. Welcome to Range Woman, the variety show. Range to me is defined as the ability to take on multiple tasks or projects simultaneously, efficiently, and effectively, whilst being able to tap into and or embody the energetic states required for each of the tasks or projects with ease, flow, and grace. My name is Lala Angela Wang, and it is my intention through featuring a range of amazing women that I have come across in my life to inspire you too to follow your dreams, your desires, and creating the life of your dreams. I am a huge believer that we can all have it all in this lifetime, perhaps just not all at once. So if you so desire, join me on an amazing journey to discover your inner range. Hello! Oh my God! 11.01 on the 1st of November. We are live. I'm so excited. (laughs) Julie, 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 how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. So um, when Julie and I booked this, we actually, I wasn't paying attention. She's like, yeah, what about, you know, on a Sunday? I'm like, yep, 11 o'clock. And when we both looked at the time, it's like, oh, my God. And ever since then, whenever I speak to Julie, one, <laughs> one, one, the one was like everywhere. There's 11, 11 everywhere. <sighs> so a bit of an intro. Julie is a woman of many talents and she fits the bill of a range woman completely when i was coming up with my list i'm like i have to interview you i started your business at three marks of existence as an interior designer then now transition i want to say transitioning you're merging merging i like that word amalgamating yeah that's a good word um into would you call yourself a healer or a meditation instructor both because i do reiki mm. as well so yeah. um intuitive healer um yeah. and meditation instructor i think um i like the word intuitive because you kind of go with your gut and you know yeah. and you manifest your own i believe future so um healing others is part of it and with yeah. meditation you're healing others anyway even if you're instructing them so yeah let's go with healer intuitive I healer. so i keep like Whenever I tap into your energy, it's like you're so much more than just an instructor. You're so oh, much more than you. what you're offering. Because I've been to one of Julie's, oh, actually more than one, down <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> healing session. It's like <sighs> that's the only way I can describe it. Like you yeah. walk in and you walk out, it's just like all zened out, like you're in La La Land. <laughs> so, Julie, point. I've got so many questions for you. Yep. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to start with interior design because that's okay. like when I first met you we met in a woman function and that's that's how I first you know Julie yeah that's right actually uh, yeah. fish burners was it fish burners it's what in um yeah fish I burners I think it was fish burners yeah. for yeah, yeah. <laughs> like mind a woman drinking wine over a um 
degustation table of some something sort. Something like that, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then we just keep bumping each into each other, like, you know, we connected. But it's just like I think I went into a networking thing. BNI, yeah. A BNI, and I keep yeah. going back into the BNI, and then we connected over breakfast one day, and you're like, I'm going into my spirituality, and I'm just like, I mean, let me know. I want to know everything about yeah. it. And it was almost, almost like it's meant to be. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I didn't know you were quite spiritual at the time. I wasn't. Like, I remember you were starting <laughs> business and kind of I knew you worked in construction and stuff, but I didn't actually know, yeah, you had that spiritual side. And I was like, oh. And then you were going to London or something? I was, yeah. Yeah. I was. It didn't happen. But then oh, it's just all the things, all the synchronicity just connected us. And every time we connect, I feel like there's a deeper connection between mm. us as well. Um, so tell me, yep. the start of your journey, start of being a business owner, Gosh. three marks of existence. And How did it come well, about? Actually, in November, it's going to be 10 years. So that's pretty <laughs> exciting. So, yeah, look, I worked in some really high-end firms because I knew like I went to UTS so I did an honors degree in UTS a bachelor's of design um sub majoring in furniture design and I also did White House Institute as well for two years um which was a bachelor of design and interior decoration I think and um I always knew I wanted to start a business because of my father he's always like no you never work for other people you always work for yourself you know and I was like okay so um and I'm an Aries I like being in control I know what I want and I knew I wanted to do interiors since I was 12 anyway so I never lost sight of the prize um but I found when I was working with those bigger firms I always knew that I wanted to design hotels so I actually went and targeted those firms um, and said, look, I work for free. I don't care. I just want the experience. And then I got hired um, by a company called Charter um, who do hotels all over the world. And um, and then another company called CV Sydney, who's not around anymore, but they did hotels as well. So I knew who I wanted to work with um, because I knew hotels captured everything. You know, you've got the the, the restaurants, you've got the receptions, you've got the rooms, you've got the gyms, you know, you've got the boardrooms, um, you've got the conference rooms. So everything's there. So I always felt that if you could design a hotel and target mm. it to everyone or their target market, but anyone could really stay there, then you can do anything. Yeah. So that's how I started. But I found it was very ego-driven and creatives have an ego, I have an ego sometimes as well. Like we're human, we have an ego. But I, it was really predominant in some of the work that I did and I, it didn't sit right with me when I had to tell clients almost they're not enough. You know, mm. your budget is not enough. You know, we know you have to listen to us. We know so you have to pay this much. And I was always left in the position to present that to clients and that didn't work well for me because at the end of the day and this is where that kind of spirituality um, comes in I was always quite an intuitive person um, always always quite spiritual synchronicities were always happening in my life but I actually didn't know what it meant at the time um, but I knew something didn't fit right and it made me feel uncomfortable telling someone you're not enough because I feel that blocks energy straight away Whereas do if you, you said, feel, someone, sorry, 
do you feel by telling them that the budget is not enough in some sense that you're telling them that they're not enough? Is that what you meant? Yeah, I agree. Yes, because if you say, to, if someone comes to you who's excited to start a new project and like, we've got this much money and let's do it, and you're like, no, that's not enough. Mm. You're blocking someone's energy, right? So they're not going to leave going, yeah, they're going to be like, what just happened? <laughs> I thought this was, a, you know, a done deal. Um, and I understand as creatives we have to sell our creativity in a positive way so people can be enthusiastic about the final product. Mm. But there's a way to sell it and there's a way to preach it. And I feel like when you preach mm. it because you're like, I believe this is amazing instead of the reason why I've chosen this is because of to make you feel better or your environment better. It, it, it's in the approach and I find mm. that if people don't approach a situation, whether it's, it doesn't have to be a creative business, right? I believe everyone's creative anyway. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> even mathematicians, accountants, I believe they're creative. They're just working with different elements, right? Mm. So um, if you tell someone what they're approaching me with is incorrect or needs to be changed, yeah, it automatically shuts someone down. It's like mm. you're almost telling someone you're not enough, not your money isn't enough, but mm. you're not enough because you're the one coming to me and you're the one I'm talking to. Mm. So I just felt that ego was too much, you know, I wanted to step out. Look, I know there's companies out there like Armani and all those companies that have a, a brand right? People come to them because they want that specific style. The trick is being able, and the word that we we're talking about before, amalgamate, being able to amalgamate your style with others' needs, I think is trickier. It's easy for me to do my style in every single person's home. But if I'm working on a commercial project that has a specific concept, and then I'm working for husband and wife with four kids, you know, it's going to be different it's still going to have elements of my style, which I consider to be the energetic and zen kind of mm -hmm. aspect. However, I just feel that, you know, everyone is different and we need to be able to work with people that have their own style and they want you to help out to achieve that style because they don't know how to. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started Three Marks because I was tired of working for companies, which I love those. They do amazing work, don't get me wrong. And I learned so much. It was priceless. I wouldn't change anything that I've done in the past um, because it made me the designer I am today. Um, but I just, my approach was different mm. and I wanted to explore it. So that's why I created Three Marks of Existence. Tell me about how you come up with the name because there's an interesting story behind it and it also talks about how you as a person, right, in terms of you talk about Zen and energy. Yeah. So when I was working for other companies, I felt like because I knew I wanted to do interiors since I was 12 and that was my aim, at the end when I stopped working for companies, I was burnt out. I was literally at capacity. I was like, I didn't even know if I wanted to do interiors anymore because I lost my passion because I felt like I was the voice of other people. I couldn't say my own, you know, mm. I couldn't um, speak for myself because I felt like I always had, like, I felt like the puppet yeah. and the puppet master, you know. So um, I struggled a lot with that. So I took some time out um, just to figure out who I was and 
what I wanted to do. I didn't even know at the time that I wanted to start my own business. I literally quit. I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to get sick. I've got no social life. My life has been interiors for so long. Mm. Um, so literally I decided to take a break and then I just started brainstorming. I registered my business name. It was so hard to pick a business name. I know some people it's easy. They just always have known that that's what they want. For me, it wasn't the case. I was kind of brainstorming all these words that I loved that triggered something in me. But I remember showing it to someone. I don't know if it was my friend or a family member. And they're like, what's that got to do with you? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just like it. And that's when I scrapped all of that and started doing bubble diagrams and thinking, who am I? Like I had to go mm. with it and go, who am I? So I'm, yeah, I'm Julie, but that's not who I am. Who do I represent? Like what's inside mm. me that needs to come out? And that's when spirituality was there because I've always been into tarot and, you know, paranormal um, topics and the metaphysics and knowing there's life after death. And I believe in all of that. We're a soul. We're not our bodies. We're not our emotions. You know, we are just here to have experiences to take on to our other journey, you know. And when I started breaking that down, I don't know how three marks of existence popped up. I know I was doing a lot of searches online, Zen and all this kind of stuff, and three marks of existence popped up. And as soon as I read it, I knew that that's what I wanted my business to be because the three marks are accepting that in life we have certain discomforts, right? So the first mark is like discomfort. Um, and in order to overcome that discomfort, we have to internally accept that change is inevitable. So change is the second one. And the third one is the removing of your ego. So if you remove your ego, collectively those three marks will lead you to enlightenment. That's what the three marks are. So I've taken that and created my own design philosophy and I explained to people um, how I have to find a client who's accepted that they're not happy with a certain environment or they purchased a property and they want to change it, but they're accepting of the change, right? So they need to remove their ego to accept that change because sometimes people have a block, right? They might come to you to say, oh, my God, I want my dream home. And then as soon as you start talking, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. And I'm like, okay, just listen to what I have to say and then you can say no. Um, but when you explain it, like I was talking before, in a way that encompasses their world, not my world, their world, based on my knowledge, then they become more accepting and that's when the ego drops, mm. right? In order for me to do the best design for them, my ego has to drop because it's not about me. Mm. So we can all reach a happy ending enlightenment so that's how three marks kind of yeah oh my god i got goosebumps as, you, as you're talking about it <laughs> and it's funny my ex um boss when i told her she's like oh you came up with a business because she contacted me to do contracting work yeah. And I, yeah three marks of existence she's like oh god she's like that's a long name that's not really nice and i was like <laughs> and this is why i don't work for you anymore <laughs> so I was worried that people are going to be like three marks of existence. What's that? But honestly, since the day I created it and created my business card, it creates so much conversation. As soon as mm. I give my card, they're like, 
what's the three marks of existence mean? And I explain it and they're hooked straight away. They're like, that, I love that. Because that's, so that. right? that's so you, right? That's so you. Yeah, so me. <laughs> but it took a year. That's probably the areas in me. Sometimes you just need to sit on it. And that's, that's like, I was actually doing a, um, instagram story before we jump on that's the lesson i had to learn last month in october is that as creators sometimes ideas come so quickly and we think we have to action on it right mm. away mm. but that's not always the reality sometimes the best things come from when you can actually sit on it yeah I, I agree <laughs> and it's you have to consider that your business and your business name are like your shadow Mm. Like, are you going to want this following you around everywhere? <laughs> I know. But if you've got a name that you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I like it. Oh, I just have to do it. You know, that's going to be there forever. If you're not going to love what's in front of you, then how are you going to sell it? Mm. That's how I think. Yeah. That's so choose wisely. <laughs> and I always say, let there be a meaning. Allow yeah. a story to come through meditate sit with it you know i i always say to people don't ask other people mm. what they think of the name mm. um, unless it's a family member who's going to say unless okay this is going off topic but <laughs> it's a thing called morning pages from the artist way it's a book anyway totally off topic but in there julia cameron she wrote the book and she's a writer and screenwriter producer blah, blah blah and it's about uncovering your creativity and in there she created a graph and she said on the left side put the people that you trust to talk to about your creativity and on the right make a list of the people who hinder your creativity mm. who always think oh god as if you're going to be a painter why would you paint for you know only share it with the people that you know will help you grow mm. that should be a quote <laughs> yeah it will be a quote <laughs> yeah 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 share it with those people if you yeah. trust them because there's some people that will go oh at anything you say anyway so share it with the people who are creative and actually mm. want you to succeed share it yeah, with those people elevate you as well yeah, yeah they'll give you an honest answer yeah so tell me how do you then go from interior design to your <laughs> spiritual journey Yes. Well, the spiritual journey was always there. Mm. Um, and only probably in the last five years, probably since joining BNI, mm. um, that I've realized that I need to share what I've learned through the years with others. Because for those who don't know BNI, you sit and have coffee catch ups with your members and you figure out who the person in front of you is so you can actually find them business. And I remember in that um, biography that we kind of share with the person we're having the catch up with, there's questions like, tell me something I wouldn't know about you and all that kind of thing. So in there, I actually started writing about meditation, spirituality, you know, tarot reading, paranormal, blah, blah, blah. And people started talking to me more about that than my interiors. And by the end of the one hour, I'm like, ah, oh, we haven't really touched on the interior design. Um, and I stopped and realised that people need this so much in their life that when there's someone in front of them who has a, a vulnerable side to share that knowledge, 
it really triggers something in someone mm. going, you know, keep in mind people have facades out of fear. So I could talk to a guy or a girl and they're like, oh, no, I don't meditate. Oh, that's religious. That's this, that's that, right? But once you start speaking to the person and you start uncovering who you are, their wall comes down and you're like, no. you know what? I've always wanted to learn, but I just mm. thought it was a bit of mumbo jumbo, blah, blah, blah. So I realise that so many people need it, but they're too scared to figure out how to get it. And they you don't get know where that to a lot. Get people say to you, I've always, do you get that a yeah. lot? Like a lot of people are saying, I've always wanted, yeah. All the time. And it was to the point where that's what triggered a light bulb. And I'm like, I'm here to serve on earth. So I'm doing my interiors, but if people are constantly asking me these questions, why am I not serving this part, you know? So, um, like, I probably meditate, been meditating for 10 years on and off at the beginning because I was dabbling. Like, I yeah. kind of knew I needed it. I didn't know why I needed it. Um, I was too scared to try it because a lot of – you have to understand – things go through phases and fads, you know, and yoga because of, you know, bloggers and Instagrammers and all that, yoga is this unattainable kind of you have to be from eastern suburbs or Byron Bay to be an amazing yoga person. That's the projection, though, that people see because they're taking – I was going in Bondi and I saw this poor mother taking a, photos of a woman at Bondi Beach in a G-string doing yoga poses on the beach and the poor woman was getting soaked and I couldn't stop laughing because I'm like, this is the one second capture that people see <laughs> and automatically they might turn around and say, that's not for me, mm. you know. Same with meditation. You see these gurus and, you know, um, hippies in a way or these spiritual um spiritually enlightened people that go to extremes for them it's great you know in byron and they've got all the dress um on and the mala beads and the they're in the pool and meditating which is fantastic but if that's the only image someone sees they think it's not for them they automatically again have that block and they're like well i'm not a hippie like i'm not a mm. vegan i'm not this i'm not flexible I can't do, I can't stop thinking, you know, it's this kind of preconceived kind of projection that we get from social media yeah. and people start going, no, it's not for me. But I think the reason why people have been coming to me a lot is because I'm still a corporate, you know, mm. I still run another business. I'm not a hippie. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm very quite conservative actually, you know, so I think they find comfort in that and everyone will mm. connect to the people they're meant to connect with anyway. Yeah. You know, those other kinds of people might not come to me. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here for a reason and yeah. the people that are meant to come to us will come to us. I had a girl in one of my classes and she was like, I've been to so many meditation classes and you might have been in that class. And she said, you're the only person I resonate with and I'm thank God I found you. I and for me yeah. who was being quite new to it all, it's mm. like, oh, my God, that's so touching. You know, if I can give back even a little bit, mm. yeah, that makes me feel fantastic. But the the main reason I started it as well is because I wanted to spread the word and I want to write a book, um, not there yet, because I feel like I need to gain 
um, knowledge from others. And by doing sessions and classes and workshops and all that kind of thing, they will come to me. Yeah. So I will gain that knowledge and hear other people's stories and be able to incorporate my story along with theirs, you know, in a, mm. in a holistic um, way into a book rather than just I'm an interior designer who dabbles in this and I'm going to write a book. I want some credibility behind it. So that's why I decided to start this because at the end of the day, um, you know, everyone's spiritual in some way, in their right. own way. Uh, it's just trying to uncover it and teaching people why you should uncover it within themselves. Mm. That's the biggest thing um, because people are so busy working nine to five, they don't even know who they are. If I mm. stop someone and said, who are you? They'll be like, I'm a mum. No, that's not who you are. That's a title. Mm. Who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Julie. No, that's just a name that, you know, you received when you entered this earth. Who are you? What do you mean? Mm. What do you mean? And, like, and that's what I'm trying to say. You need to understand who you are, I think, for you to want to understand all of this. Mm. If you don't want to, if some people, you know, are with blinkers, you know, they're just going about their business, doing their own thing, and that's cool. That works for them. And everyone's soul is at a different stage. So, you know, there's no judgment. It's just everyone's on a different journey, and that's cool. Mm. And now I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm going to oh, ask yeah. you, what was it like to learn from the master himself? Yeah, so I was going to add, yeah, Deepak Chopra, old Dr. Deepak Chopra, he, um, he's always played a role in my life because I've been reading his books and I remember the first book I ever read was The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I still read it to this day and for those who haven't read it, I suggest you go and get it. It's a tiny book, it's tiny, um, but there's seven spiritual laws you should abide by in order to be a whole and more better person and a happy person, um, which you would then project on other people. They would want to be more happy. So that's how it kind of started with me. And then it grew and grew. And when was it two or three years ago? Um, I have um, a friend who's a psychologist, um, Avanti, and she actually studied with Deepak. And I didn't know at the time um, that anyone could. I didn't really know how it worked. But I was just drawn to him and he came to Melbourne and I listened to him speak and I just felt, felt I just got really emotional. I felt this profound connection to learn more. It wasn't even about him. It was about learning more. And I remember coming back and seeing my friend and she said to me, you don't need to be here anymore. We could swap places. And she's a psychologist. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, you're ready. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she said, you need to go and do one of his classes. And I'm like, where's his class? California. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was I wanted to do Reiki for a very, very long time. But every time I went to book a Reiki session, I never booked it. For some reason, something was blocking me. And I'm talking about years, like probably oof, seven years or something. As soon as she told me about Deepak, I went home that night, looked it up and booked it on the spot. And it was like five grand plus, you know. I didn't think twice about it. 
And this wasn't even to do the teaching course side. <laughs> this was just to do the introduction. I didn't even know I wanted to do the teaching thing until I got not there. even the travel cost, the hotel, and it's probably in US dollars as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the 5000 it was about 5000 to 6000 with accommodation, um, Australian. Um, I believe, God, it was a while ago, so I'm not sure. But, yeah, it was an expensive thing, but I just felt like I was ready. You'll, that's why I say to people, you know, when you're ready, when you're in tune with yourself, you'll know when you're ready. Um, you won't have doubts. You'll just go for it. Um, and yeah, literally, and it fell on my birthday too, the course, which I was like, okay, this is fitting, you know? So I did the course and while I was there, they were talking about being a teacher and how you can give back. And I just knew straight away I needed to become a teacher and I booked the teaching thing, paid cash on the dot, on the spot, sorry because I just knew this was my path I needed to. And it was the most, can I just say, I've studied for six years in like university and college. This was the hardest one course I've ever done in my life because you had to learn ancient Indian and Sanskrit and um, ceremonies. And then you had to teach it online to all the teachers like you'd be teaching a three-day workshop. Yeah. It was full on, amazing teachers. Amazing, Deepak was amazing. Um, yeah, it was full on, but I loved it so much. I never really got sick of it, you know. So, yeah, I, best thing I ever did. And then I had to start my second business because I thought, well, if I've done all this and paid this much, it's not going to sit there. I need to do something with this. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, how did you come up with the name? I Seriously, you come up with some of the most amazing names, the art of publicity. What does so, it even mean? <laughs> so the art of three triplicity is another word for three um and it's it's kind of like the holy trinity triplicity mm. mind body soul and because my other company's three marks of existence i wanted to keep it in the same kind of umbrella mm. so both spiritual the art of triplicity is nothing that existed i just came up with it um and it's funny i actually came up with it um five or so years ago to do a blog yeah mm. It just kind of, I'm like, three marks of existence, the art of triplicity. And at the time, the blog was about um, art, food, and culture or something. I can't remember now. I didn't write much on that blog. <laughs> but I'm like, I loved the name. And um, and when I was doing my studies, I'm like, that's why I chose it so many years ago, triplicity, the mind, body, soul, that kind of consistent, continuous flow. And it also has to do with um, astrology as well. So if you look up triplicity, it has a lot to do with astrology. So that's how I kind of came up with that name. Yeah. Now tell us about the story that you told me about how when you were talking to your coach or mentor about the business, oh, yes. how she okay. really grilled you on it. Oh, yes. Yes, that was an interesting <laughs> day. So I went to my coach and I was like, look. <laughs> so she's a creative coach. Um, so she's really good with my interior side because that she's a, um, she writes movies and producer and all that kind of stuff. And I came to her with the art of triplicity. She doesn't know about spirituality that much, but she's very open-minded. And all of a sudden, like her demeanor changed. She goes, right, now tell me about this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like I'm getting like the third degree. I feel like I'm in interrogation. <laughs> and she's like, why do you want to do it? And I explained because and I'll add this in here now. I know maybe you want to ask me later, but I'll kind of add it here now because I wanted to write the book. 
the book was going to be about internal and external environments and their relationships. So you internally and your external environment. So that's what it was going to be about and that whole credibility thing I was talking to you about before. And I said, I can't write a book about these topics if I don't have any knowledge with others. It's not just about me, you know. Um, And I was saying how I wanted to give back and I feel like this is my dharma, this is part of my purpose to share this information because I, I can feel people craving it because I craved it. Uh, every time someone spoke about this, I just was lapping it up. I was like, tell me more. I want to do another course. I want to do another class. Because if I, when I talk to people about synchronicities and intuition, they're just like, oh, I want to feel that. I want that to be me. That's how, you know, that's what they would say. So um, I was explaining this to my coach and she's like, is this for money purposes? What's it for? Why are you doing it? What's going to take priority? How much time do you have to work on it? And all these just boom, 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 boom. And I was getting really kind of anxious, but I was answering them as honestly as I could. And she go, and at the end she was like, okay, I'm satisfied. And I was like, what's about? <laughs> what? Oh, I'm not satisfied. I'm stressed. <laughs> and she said, I've just realized that, yes, this is a business and not a hobby. I don't want you to waste time on a hobby because you can sp- – Look, I've had hobbies before that I thought might be businesses. I've made jewellery and Mm -hmm. sold them at markets. You know, I've made wedding cakes and stuff like that and cupcakes and because I just love being creative, right? So whatever I can get my hands on, I'll do. And I sold them and stuff. But deep down inside, I knew it was a hobby, Mm -hmm. just a little side business just to pass the time. Um, So she wanted to make sure I wasn't expending energy Mm. and setting up websites and doing all this stuff for a hobby. So you can have a hobby. Yeah. Like you can do a website if you want to, as long as you know it's a hobby and three marks of existence takes priority kind of thing. Mm. But if this is going to be a business, I want you to do a business plan. I want you to actually figure out what you're going to cost your workshops at. What's this going to cost you? Why are you doing it? How does that help three marks? And la, 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 la. How do they connect? So, yeah, it's really important to sit down and figure out is this what you want to do or you're dabbling? Why is it important? It's important because then you waste time. Mm. And because, as I keep saying, I'm an Aries because I'm determined and passionate and I'll do everything at 100%, actually 200%, and then I'll be disappointed <laughs> if I didn't do 200%. <laughs> so if it wasn't a hobby, you'd be spending all this money right, on a website, to launch the website, to design the website, to do your logo, to do your workshops, to do all this, and you're invested all this time and then you disappear. Mm. And all that money's just gone to waste and you've taken it away from your other business and your family and your friends because who's going to do this? Like I didn't want to spend so much money that I just employed people to do it. I actually wanted to learn how to do the website myself because I'm just a sucker for punishment, you know. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to have control of the website um, and I designed the logo, I did the research, but then I went to a friend who's a spiritual graphic designer and she was tapping into, she knew me, so we worked on it together and we came up with a great design. But it all takes time. It was tiring. And at times I'm like, man, this is taking me like, nearly a month to do this website because you can't do it full time, right? I can't. I've got clients. So, yeah, if it's a hobby and you're spending that much time doing it, first of all, you might not even complete it. You'll be over it. But if it's a business that you eventually want to maybe 
you know, flow into or maybe bring together with another business, then I suggest yes. Because a lot of people out there work for others mm. and want to start their own business. Um, yeah, make sure it's exactly what you want to do. Yes, you can change things along the way. That's fine. You know, mm. um, we're not set in everything we do. But just make sure that if that's going to be your bread and butter, mm. then at least work hard on it so you can then maybe have it as a full-time job and then you get rid of your other job, you know? Yeah. So how do you do it all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably get <laughs> asked this question so much and I get asked this question too. So I've got my own answer, but I would love to hear from you. How do yeah. you actually juggle a business that's already successful? You've got some really demanding clients. You've got a mm. lot of clientele and you've already established such a brand in the interior field and obviously now bringing something in. How do you juggle it all? I love it, first of all. Um, second of all, because meditation and all that brings me peace, I don't feel like it's always a business. Mm. You know, um, seeing others in a workshop going, oh, my God, I needed that. Or them calling me or emailing me going, can I get personal sessions? Because I just feel like I want more and more. Yeah, it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. I have mm. days when I burn out and I'm like, I've given so much to others. I need to replenish myself. But I know deep in my heart that it will come together at some point and it will be all worth it. I just feel it. Or mm. I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Honestly. And I was talking to you about it before. Like I've had yeah. so many blocks. <laughs> And so many, yeah, issues with people in this industry um, mm. where I have been left disappointed because so many people preach spirituality and meditation. No one's perfect, mind you. If we were mm. perfect and, you know, we were completely enlightened, we'd be Buddha, right? Or dead, we'd be an angel, you know. Um but it's been a challenge for me because when I try and do my work and my business, I try to be vulnerable and open and sit with issues that might come up and go, why am I feeling like this? What's the issue here? How can I solve it? How can I be a better person and all that kind of thing? But when you're faced with others, and I, and this is where I go back to the whole um, fad, like, sometimes it's hard because you don't know if you're going to the right person, right? Mm. It's hard to trust because everyone preaches something, you know. The amount of times I hear someone say they're a coach or, you know, they're a meditation instructor or a yoga teacher, at the end of the day it depends where you've learnt. You know, some people can do yoga in 20 hours and be a teacher. I just think to myself, how is that possible, you know? If you don't practice and you don't sit with something for quite some time, then it's hard to say you're a teacher with confidence where people are going to come to you and trust you. You know, you, you're mm. they're trusting you with everything, yeah. you know. If you let them down, you're letting yourself down. That's how I feel. Mm. Um, and when you're faced with people in the industry sometimes that, you know, let you down as well because you're like you're preaching all this stuff but it's not coming together. <laughs> like mm. it's opposite magnets here. I'm feeling like... The person in front of me who's preaching it is not the same person when communicating. So mm. it's always going to be tough. You're always going to meet people that 
are going to let you down or bring you up. It's who you actually take the time to actually listen to. And that's why meditation is so important because if you don't have your gut instinct, Mm. then you're going to make mistakes. I always Mm. say trust your gut, 100% trust your gut. The first time (laughs) because then you, when you think about it too much, like your gut says five different things, but that's just (laughs) that's your head. So trust your gut the first time. Yeah. And there's a Maya Angelou that said, if someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. First time. Yeah, yeah not the second time. Or the hundredth time. Like sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that is something that I have to learn as well. I think our society has conditioned us so much. It's getting harder and harder to trust. 100%. But it's also, I think, being brave enough to be vulnerable in order to go, okay, mm. this is vulnerable, this is scary, but I'm just going to trust and do it anyway. Mm. Right. It's easier said than done, right? Last month I, I was going through the same thing, trusting my intuition instead of letting this mm. take over, letting the ego take over and go, oh, no, 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 you should be doing this. And then recognize when you're off track, yeah. how do you then come back? And I think that's, you know, to me, I agree. Meditation is that thing that brings us back. I agree. That's the one thing that always brings you back. It's the one mm. thing. The more you practice, the more you realize how much you need it. And at the end of the day, sorry, a big thing is, and I struggle with this a lot because we always want to be better. We always want to be the best we can be comparing. Mm-hmm. Don't compare to where everyone, what everyone else is doing and what stage they're at. It's really hard. I know it's really hard. Mm-hmm. But you just have to say, this is where I'm meant to be now yeah. and that's okay, you know. It's just okay. So especially with people starting their own business or doing a second business, it's like just focus on your own lane. Mm, You know, do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do your own thing and just try and do the best you can. Like you can't do Mm. better than that. If you don't do the best you can, then that's when you can sit and go, oh, you know, I'm not doing enough. If you know you're doing the best you can and you know you can fit in in your schedule, two hours a week to work on the business, then fulfill the two hours. Mm. You know, if you're not even doing that, then you're obviously, maybe it is a hobby, you know? You have to look at it like that. And another thing like you were saying about your intuition and trusting instead of your mind, I think sometimes when we start our own business, we want to make money, right? Mm. That's We want to make money, but we're so adamant and determined to make the money we stop listening to ourselves we just want to make the money but we don't stop and go is this right for me you know why am I doing this what's the reason I know I'm working with a team of great marketing people and it's taking me so long to agree to do anything because I need to sit and figure it out is this what I want I don't if I don't understand something I'm not going to just say yes to it Mm. I know they're the expert but I still need to get my head around it you know so Take the time. Don't just, you know, and for those who do have money to expend, don't just go anywhere and go, yep, just do it. Because then you're detached from your business. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. You need to know what's going on in your business, especially at the beginning. Especially. That's what, at the beginning. That's what I talk about being a solopreneur, right? You ju- you're not just an entrepreneur. You're a solopreneur. Your business is run by your soul. And if you're not connected to your business, where's the soul? I 100% agree because I hate the word entrepreneur. Everyone <laughs> uses it like it's their first name or Mr. 
every time thing is very oh god that's another kind of whole social media i'm an entrepreneur mm. okay because you have an abn does not mean you're an entrepreneur <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? like some people like yeah. I'm, an entrepreneur. I'm like okay <laughs> so, yeah. what do you say to because my passion is really helping women who's already pretty much have a pretty good life have a career have a family but they just want to expand it they want to expand into perhaps having a hobby business or a business just really going into that next level and going into their soul mm. discovery mm. but so many women that I bump into they're like oh yeah but I just don't have the time I just don't have this there's a lot of what ifs that's holding them back. So how do you, what's your advice to a woman that really feel like they want to expand, but at the same time, not sitting there and letting their fear sort of governs. And, and in the end, I see so many women giving up on brilliant ideas and I just know intuitively that's their thing, mm. but life gets in the way. What's your advice for them? This is going to sound a bit harsh, but everyone's got time. Mm. It's like when someone says to you, oh, I'm too busy to call you. No, you just don't want to. If you really want to speak to someone, you will speak to them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you have someone and you're, you're three months you're dating and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just busy. Oh, I'm too busy to have a boyfriend. No, no, you're not. You just don't want to. So I say to those people, look at your schedule, first of all, and see where you can steal 15 minutes here and there and make an hour. Because we can if we really want to, even if it's part of your walking in the morning or at the gym. You know, you can spend that time and say, okay, while I'm on the treadmill, I'm going to think of three things that I have to do. You know, there's always a way. And that's when I say to you, it's really important to figure out if it's a business or a hobby. Because you will be more determined to do the business one than the mm -hmm. hobby. It's just yeah. a fact. Like if something's a hobby, if I look, I know. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to walk today. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not mandatory, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow, you know. But if I'm like, this is going to bring an income to my kids, you know, this is what I'm going to use to get rid of that crap job, you know, and do something for myself and have my own time and my own schedule. Yeah, it's hard. Owning your own business is freaking hard because you're not constantly getting an income when you want it. It's not like a nine to five, someone's paying you sick leave, annual leave, yeah, I wish. But you're also more flexible to do whatever you want. You know, you can go away one week, no one's going to tell you off, you know. So I always say to those people, do that beginning part like the coach did, make sure it's really a business not just mm. a hobby. And I'm not saying people shouldn't have hobbies, don't get me wrong, but you're more inclined to, if you're going to invest the money to continue the business mm. than the hobby. I also suggest that book again, honestly. When I was lost during that period, my friend recommended me the book The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Yeah. And that helps you tap into your creative self. It helps you figure out what you want. And it also helps you figure out what has blocked you in wanting it now? Mm. Because we've wanted things in the past and then as we grow up, we're like, no, I can't be a ballerina. Oh, no, I can't be a poet. I can't be this. I'm an accountant as if I'm going to be a poet. And that's not just because of your mind. It's everyone else telling you 
that you can't. Mm. And it's usually family, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you You're a lawyer. You can't mm. be a painter. Why when are you going to find the time? Well, you should be taking care of your kids, mm. you know. It's when people start making making you feel guilty for doing something you love, mm. they're the people you don't tell. Read the book. Make time. Before anyone does anything on their business, I suggest you get this book. It's a 12-week course in a book, actually, and you just read their small chapters, but they give you these exercises to do to uncover who you truly are, mm. not what people think you are. And that's what meditation does. The more we meditate, and I need to speak about this because this is kind of the book, but with meditation and for all those people that think meditation is not thinking, that's bullshit. You, you can still think during meditation. So everyone's still doing it right, even though you're thinking. It's just that when you find yourself thinking, you just come back to your breathing or a mantra. Mm -hmm. Use so hum if you have to. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just a good mantra that creates an internal vibration and a focal point where you can go deeper and not always concentrate on your thoughts. Totally different topic. but That's something you have taught me that was so valuable, though. So yeah, I, it's so true. Creative, my brain is just, like, ticking all the time, but literally it's just bringing them back. It's just bringing them back and not beating yourself up about it. Hey. No, no. and the more you do it, the more silence you'll get. So mm. just a quick explanation. There's always a gap between our thoughts. The gap is where we want to tap into. The more we meditate, the bigger the gap because obviously everything takes practice. Mm -hmm. So even if you're thinking, constantly thinking, you'll have a thought, what am I going to eat tonight? Gap. Maybe I'll eat this. Gap. Right? So there's always gaps. So you're still doing it right. But then the more you do it, the bigger the gap gets. It's like a door that's being ajar mm -hmm. by a little bit. The more you meditate, that door opens and opens until it's completely open. And that's when you've got that enlightened, aware state. But mm. what's in the gap is your unmanifested self. Okay, we're getting a bit deep now. But your unmanifested self. So before you came onto this earth, you are an unmanifested soul, right? You didn't have a body. Mm. As soon as you came onto this earth, you were faced straight away with human constructs. So a baby doesn't know that this is a pen. It's just going by the senses. Yeah. It doesn't say... It doesn't even think to say, I can feel a hard surface. It doesn't have a language, mm. right? So we're told what everything is, just like we're told how we should feel. So the more you meditate, you go back to that unmanifested self where you can decide who you are, what you want, what is your purpose, and what you're grateful for. That's that why we meditate. So That's yeah. so good, Julie. Thank yeah. you so much. No problem. Thank you so much for your vulnerability, your honesty. No and you're just like, oh, my God, we can talk about this all day. <laughs> See what I mean? This is why I did the teaching because everyone's like, can we just keep talking? I'm like, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> but that's why because as soon as you talk about it, people just, they let down all their walls. You can feel it. You can see it. Their face changes. Mm. They let down all their walls and they're just like glued. And they're like, I want to know more. The more they want to learn means they're more quicker they're getting to enlightenment because they've already done the first stage now. The first stage is being 
aware that there's something else out there that I could be tapping into. And as soon as they're there, that's it. I can mm. guarantee you they'll go and learn more. It's just how it always works. So how can we learn more from you, Julie? How can you how learn more? Tap into you more. <laughs> I've got a workshop coming up next year in May in Bondi Junction. So it'll be a three-day um, workshop where you can actually learn not only how to meditate, but why we meditate, mm. where meditation came from, why we introduce mantras, what is primordial sound meditation. You haven't by- even tapped into that. Oh, there's a lot. And then <laughs> we also teach about your experiences during meditation, what's the right and wrong way. We also tap into the highest states of consciousness. And then we, if you do the whole three-day course, you actually get your own personal mantra, which is the vibrational sound of where the moon was positioned at the time of your birth. Wow. How the, how, I want that. Yeah, it's really exciting. But in the meantime, um, <laughs> but two more classes only actually this year because I do a lot of sound healing like you've um, participated. It is so good, yeah. I've got one in Potts Point on the 28th of November and then I've got at Woke Yoga and then I've got two left in Bondi Junction at Sydney Yoga Collective and that's on the 14th of November and the 12th of December in the mornings Um, and you get a whole sound experience with gongs, 11 Tibetan bowls, Balinese instruments and you'll just feel like you're floating on a cloud. The Woke Yoga one you also get a crystal depending on what chakra we're working on um in the new year no dates yet but if you follow if you go to the website www.theartoftriplicity.com.au and or facebook you can sign up to the newsletter on the website and i always send out newsletters and events so you know what's happening and you can also do personal sessions as well like reiki healing or your own personal mantra ceremony as well you can do like a one-on-one or you can also do a personal sound healing as well so good. So for those of you who are watching or if you're watching the replay or listening to the podcast, all the links will be in the description below so you can get hold of Julie's magic within one click. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. My thank you for having me. So much gratitude. Thank you. <sighs> Thanks, everyone. See you thank later. You. Bye. Bye. Are you inspired to start taking action towards your next big dreams and expand your range so you can create a life of your dreams? The Womanly Way Mastermind is my six-month group coaching plus one-on-one program where I help and support women increase their range, finding balance in their life, finding self-confidence as well as taking them through each and every step towards their next big dreams. If you're interested, please contact me through all of my social media platforms or you can email me direct on Angela at AngelaWang.com.au. I am super excited and I can't wait to help and support you through this next chapter of your life and support you through expansion, growth, and embodiment.
If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on. Share this podcast with your friends and follow at The Womanly Way on Instagram for glimpse behind the scenes, teasers of upcoming content, and juicy snippets of the best interviews. Or if you prefer to watch the show live and interact with my guest and I, feel free to follow me on Facebook or YouTube at Angela Wang, The Womanly Way. Catch you in the next episode.